This is a public service announcement. The world's about to end. You have 45 minutes. Welcome to... If the world was ending. You come over, right? I'm Molly. And I'm Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm disappointed. (laughs) Oh, I can see it in your face. Um, I had in my head where we're recording today, I was like, we're going to get some sweets. I'm going to be all sugared up. (laughs) And that's not happened. So, yeah. Um... Which also reminds me of a funny story that yeah. <laughs> I've got to tell you. Go for it. Um, so I went to Estonia recently. Yeah. And uh, one of my friends was like, oh, could you bring over some vapes? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the, these, like, flavoured vapes mm-hmm. over there. And I was like, sure, hey, um, anything for a friend. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so they were like, can I have, like, ten of this certain brand flavoured Sweet, sweet flavors. Sweet flavored bars. Sweet bars, right? Um, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I go in, and I've got that in my head like ten sweet flavored bars, ten sweet flavored bars. <laughs> and I was like, "That's probably all all you have to say," because uh, I've never been in the vape shop. Wow. Healthy boy. <laughs> You're listening, Mum. I know she is. I do. One of our listeners, and. Um, and so it's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory in there. Wow. Every flavour. Yeah, I've never been in the uh, um, shops. So I just went up and I was like, hey, can I have 10 sweet flavoured bars? And um, he was like, sure, like, which ones? And like pulls out this scroll. A scroll? A scroll of flavours. No. And uh, I just had to quickly like duck behind the counter and be like... Help. <laughs> what flavors now? Um, so, so sweet isn't the flavor. Is not the name of the not flavor. Not the name of the flavor. Uh, Listeners, sweet is not, not the, the name, name of the, of the flavor. flavor. Um, I don't know if there's savory ones, but I can't imagine that'd be very good. Anyway, anyway, anyway sweets. I'm desperate. I need some sweets. <laughs> You're a sweet fiend. I'm a sweet fiend, and they they help with like just being peppy, <laughs> <laughs> like recording a podcast. Or... Hey. Get your energies up. <laughs> um, it's true. Mm. Well, you're good at you're good at you recording podcasts, no? <laughs> I mean, rate us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> but do you get like? Do you get a bit? I don't know. Not stage fright, but podcast fright. What do you call podcast it? Fright. Uh, well, it's kind of it's kind of a stage. It's a virtual stage, isn't it? Yeah. But no, I don't. I feel like we're just. <laughs> no, I'm actually fine. Stage fright, though. <laughs> you get that. A hundred percent. Well, like, really? I used to a lot more, less so now. Um, but <laughs> I mean, for the record, you're you're not on stage that often. Well, no, but I I, I do a lot of talks, a lot of workshops. That's true for work. Um, yeah. And like um, a lot of like instructing as well. That's true. On the stage. That is true. And yeah. today's guest did think you were an actor. He did. Yeah. Me. <laughs> And you loved it. <laughs> well, I didn't. No, I didn't. I think you thought I loved it more than I did. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was funny that, I don't know. Like in an actor's world, everyone's an actor. I mean, I don't know him that well, but we've met enough yeah. that I would have thought, like, maybe <laughs> maybe I, I, I gave, I obviously gave. Actor vibes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Do you get that a lot? People thinking you're an actor? Um... I think people, like, 
just from the people that I like interact with. Yeah. They just assume that I am. Who's so handsome? <laughs> I wish. I think people. <laughs> I thought that was the case when when it first started happening. I thought that oh that must be why, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> and people could said it's actually not because of the way you look. It's uh, just because of your no, friendship no. group. Well, no one said that out loud. What about what about you? You get that a lot as well. Though, I right? do also have a lot of actors in my life. Yeah. Um, who I love dearly, mm. including today's guest. <laughs> um. So yeah, people. I think also because again, I I probably said this before, but I'm exceptionally loud. Yes. So people often mistake that for some sort of life is a stage. Life is a stage. Yeah. Sort of on stage, on set quality, but mm. um, no, no. I've done a bit of the old um, drama in my time. <laughs> Gone. I was, <clears throat> in fact, lead part in the musical Thoroughly Modern Millie at my local synagogue. <laughs> When I was 15. Okay, brag. <laughs> it was quite a big deal. Um, yeah, like the whole community came to watch me. I was a high soprano at the time. My voice Ooh, has since... Broken. Broken. <laughs> thoroughly dropped. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day... Hey, I was probably hitting those high notes with you as well. Should we get our guest on yeah, for today? Yeah. Let's do it. On today's episode, we're speaking to Alex Lawther, an actor who starred in Channel 4's The End of the Fucking World. Yes. Be well prepared for this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Black Mirror and movies including The Imitation Game and The Last Duel. And he's recently turned his hand to writing and directing a short film called Four People in Trouble, which I also worked on with him. And, or well, humble brag there, but, <laughs> and he's also in Andor, which I haven't started yet. Yes, so, he is. Very exciting. Um, so for today's episode, Alex's world is ending whilst he's starring as Hamlet in Robert Icke's production of Hamlet on Broadway in New York. The date is Friday, the 15th of July at 7.30 when he gets that text. Let's go. And so obviously um, we're jumping in. Um, the world is about to end. You've just received a message um, on your phone. It's um, the 15th of July at 7.30. Um, where where are you? Uh, I, I am in New York. I'm doing Hamlet. And uh, it's probably just around the time of like the big old to be or not to be uh, shindig. <laughs> can, I, can I ask a question already? Yeah. <laughs> how does the message come through? Is it like how they do in America? And if someone goes missing or there's a weather warning? We're yeah, we're imagining amber alert kind of vibes. <laughs> Only amber. It's just an amber alert. There's no like on the scale. <laughs> so yeah, so the whole audience is like everyone's phones are like lighting up and vibrating. So I think even if you put it on silent, they'll come up, right? Yeah, and there's always a few people in the audience who have their phones on loud. Yeah, 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 those, yeah, and you those. know at that bit as well that it's going to go off. It's always a crucial moments where there's like a silence. Yeah, and yeah, the phones go off. So it reminds me a little bit of. Um, uh, did you guys see that TV show Station Eleven? Already, this sort of circumstance. Haven't haven't seen it, but want to. I, I mentioned it just because I don't know if it's interesting, but um, the. Uh, on one of the first episodes, I've not read the book, but in on the TV show, they're doing King Lear and this, the lead actor playing King Lear 
starts coughing and dies on stage. And then the pandemic sort of explodes and every, and a lot of people in the audience then catch it. And it's, and it's in the, from the audience perspective, it's in the middle of the thing that sort of, I don't know if it's not patient zero, but it's, um, yeah, you see. Super spreader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting in the middle of a theatre. Anyway. So yeah, um, much like that, except you don't die yet. <laughs> no. Okay. You have cool. 45 minutes. <laughs> and that's what the text says from the government. It's it says a meteor is about to hit Earth in yeah, 45 minutes, then the Earth will explode. Oh no. We didn't actually really work out the wording, did we? No one's asked yet. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm picking it. I'm sorry. It's yeah, it's very nondescript, but all you know is you have 45 minutes. <laughs> so where are you where are you at mentally in that moment? So mm. if you're in that speech, where are you, where's your head at? Just the irony of being in the middle of a speech that's talking about, uh, that's contemplating quite seriously the putting to end of one's own life and trying to, uh, with an audience, really pick apart the argument for why bother staying alive. What is, if life is so hard, why live? And I, I think particularly on Hamlet, like the irony is not lost on him (laughs) that, uh, and now we're all going to die. So there's some sort of really perverse dramatic irony going on. Um, And what would be weird is that I I, I would be alone on, at least in our version, I was alone on the stage at that moment, um, facing sort of 900 people. So that would be a really extraordinary thing. Um, everybody's faces lit up by their phones. Um, well, I suppose you're you're not having you don't have your phone on stage with you, right? So you might not know what's going on. It might take you a little minute that's, to clock. That's, that's right. And so I would be like, what? I would hope that the stage manager would come on and say and take take charge. <laughs> so Caroline, our stage manager, would come on stage and say everyone this is a show stop (laughs) and I guess then I would follow her off stage and hopefully she would be the one that talk that that relayed this message to me Mm. um whilst the audience is maybe I don't know screaming crying um panicking um the whole thing would feel I mean in our our (laughs) our director Rob is really into like quite meta theatre so like if a character forgets what they're about to say. He likes to push the audience to believe that the actor has also forgotten what they're about to say to really make the relationship between play and real life very fragile. So there's a, there's a, there's maybe I don't know if some people are really into the play, they might be like, is this a Am I being punked? Like, <laughs> I know, you know. what he's up to. <laughs> yeah, like it's all part of the play. They might think yeah, yeah. I suppose we didn't really think about that because... If it's, it's come in that moment as well. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to know when you're watching something. You know, like, you know like when the lights go down at the end and everyone's sort of clapping, and you're like, wait, did we clap too early? You know, it's like that kind of moment where you don't quite know what's happening and you make your assumptions. Mm. Yeah, and, you're, and you... And you... I mean, sorry, I'm just sort of obsessed about this message that comes in and <laughs> maybe I should let that go. So yeah, I probably called off stage by Caroline and told um, 
told what's going down. <laughs> and what what happens next? How do you feel? What are you thinking? I don't. I think. I think there's a part of me that thinks like, "Oh, what a way to go!" <laughs> um, uh, but I've also got another forty five minutes left. It's the middle of July. Um, I've got the rest of the cast are probably backstage, so I go and see how everybody's doing. <laughs> You sound so unsure of yourself. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, it's sort of. I mean, do you do you go and join the company, or do you do you leave? Do you just leave? Do you say, "Well, I've or got to get." Do you continue out. performing, or do you just keep going? Yeah, <laughs> no, the show must go on. No, there'll be a few people there, like I don't know, yeah, Margaret's like, I paid my money to be here. Yeah, I'm right. to finish. Theatre is not cheap in New York. I'll tell you that. No. Now. Yeah, maybe, maybe you, I owe it to the, you know, the paying audience to at least get to the interval, at least get to the good bit. Yeah, but also <laughs> I feel like you, like, I do feel like knowing you, that is something you might do. Might cross my mind. <laughs> because also what else am I going to do? I mean, I'm away from home. I mean, I imagine it's not easy to call like loved ones and things because my it's that time like on New Year's Eve when nobody's exactly. phone is working. Um, which theatre was it in? It's, it's at the Armoury, which is, okay. um, it was at the Armoury, which was in the middle of Manhattan. So <laughs> I think I'd want to go out onto the street and see what, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling of during, during COVID, people were sort of obsessed with, what the streets looked like and yeah I mean then obviously it was the quietness of the streets um and the strangeness of that but I know when other sort of disasters have happened particularly friends that live in big cities they're like oh I really wanted to be on the street and to see other people and see how they were they were dealing with it so I guess I'd go to backstage I'd grab whoever was there um, in the dressing rooms <laughs> and and we'd go out onto the street. So maybe there'd be some of the other actors with me. So maybe. are you on the streets? Are you, are you just looking around? Are you like, let's have a party, let's get drunk? Are you thinking, let's go see something in New York that I've not seen before? Where yeah. can you get to in 45 minutes? You know what? I had a really good bagel from down the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really love my first thing was like, what did I really love doing when I was going when I was there? There was a really beautiful botanic botanic garden in Brooklyn, but no, I don't have time to get there because Mm-mm. the public transport will be off. Um I'm not far from a variety of like really tall buildings. I mean, maybe that could be. I mean, if you're going to, if is it, we men, maybe mentioned it was like a meteor, right? Or like something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be interesting to, you know, face, face the thing that's coming for you. So you mean go to the top and get a really good view? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I propose, <laughs> I'd make that proposition. I'm not really one to lead people. So I'd probably just suggest it to the cast and see, <laughs> see what they said. I, I really recently made a short film and it was about um things going really, really bad, basically. Mm-hmm. And I watched a bunch of films about 
world ending or or natural disaster coming. There was one film with Sandra O. Oh. Do you know Sandra O oh from mm-hmm. Love Sandra O? Oh. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um I forget the other actor who played opposite her. Um, but anyway, they play these two strangers who meet at the end of the world, and it's called Last Night. And it's about there's the I think everybody knows there's like they've had like months to prepare for the last day um and the last day finally comes and so you go in different people's lives and see what they do um anyway what Sandra O oh ends up doing with this guy bit of a spoiler but um it's really quiet they just sort of have dinner just the two of them in 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 his like on his like balcony or something or in his back garden um I don't think what I'm trying to say is I don't think I would be like yeah let's get fucked like let's get really really drunk um I think I would sort of go somewhere quite high and quite quiet maybe and just you know like when you look up at the stars or Mm. I don't know so even if it was like a a quiet pensive stranger and you're like you know what let's go let's go have a a nice like little meal or something yeah maybe I'll try and maybe that would be like a moment of trying to connect with a stranger maybe mm-hmm. maybe i'd grab who was ever nearest to me who also seemed um sort of troubled and uh philosophical about the whole situation really riffing here maybe maybe i didn't yeah i invite someone to the to the top of the empire state um <laughs> that's cute (laughs) well we we were saying before was what what we didn't realize until we sat down to do this recording is that you were in a show called the end of the fucking world yeah really about the end of the world no but weirdly was about um two people trying to make sense of uh of like of feeling that it was the end of the world which is Pretty much the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Did you ever, when you were filming that, did you ever think about, did it make you think about the end of the world and like what that meant? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> only, because, only because I um, love the metaphor of that title, of it being like um, when you're of that age and those characters I think were like, in their late teens, early twenties, late teens, and being a bit older than the characters that we were playing, the sort of um, uh, the fondness for those feelings at that age when falling in love or uh, leaving home or they feel like the end of the world um, Mm -hmm. and they feel like um, you're the first person to... I've ever experienced them. Um, but then weirdly, reflectively, that seems to be basically what I'm suggesting I would do at the end of the actual world. So, so maybe unconsciously you were yeah. preparing. Yeah, maybe. It yeah. Was. Maybe. I think that's what really touched me was actually, um, and and generally speaking, as, as a person, really, what interests me is in stories is um, that um, something much smaller and and intimate um that i mean even with this sort of uh, this you know um <laughs> this big old hamlet thing was it was all about 
finding something intimate between two people rather than um making something grand or making something mm-hmm. um trying to always find uh something um some something that resembled what it was like what how it is that people actually relate to each other in the world of Shakespeare and 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 verse and um, and big, big monologues and trying to find how to make that seem real. Um, and I would say that you're very good at that. Also, having worked with you, I think you're very good at seeing those small moments that other people might miss. I'm being serious. I seriously because when no when we were working on that script like that was something that I really like appreciated is that it's I think it's really easy to come up with like a big grand story and it was quite a, bi- a big story right in that really, yeah in the end yeah that's very nice of you we had a good time but maybe we should say for your listeners what it's talking about <laughs> we should <laughs> yeah cool um me uh, <laughs> dear listeners um Molly, <laughs> Molly and I um made um this short film uh that was about two people meeting each other and the development of their relationship over the course of about five years but told over the space of about 15 minutes in in, in the film and over the course of that time um society begins and continues to collapse and that collapse starts to escalate um and their relationship is sort of in and amongst that um yeah and and molly very kindly um uh let me uh talk career off about it for i mean it's been like a year now so i will say dear listeners that alex is being generous by saying that this was alex and molly this was alex wrote directed semi-produced <laughs> this wonderful <laughs> wonderful short film I, did very- I mean like just calling up those people and being like please please please, please can, <laughs> can you produce our film um, and then finally people saying oh yeah fine um <laughs> so calling me <laughs> um, that's the way yeah. to do it exactly yeah works for me every time <laughs> How, do, do you guys do you guys think that um the big one of the questions about that film was like why bother like the weird thing about making it was it was also a response to a question I had as to like why bother particularly making film but why bother telling stories why they're expensive long slow um things uh and they're often um not told well or they they sort of fail in their endeavors I find it really hard during the pandemic, particularly to sort of like want, like understand what was the point, and also just on even before that and since that, <laughs> um, and things that uh, upset me and worry me about in in the world makes me wonder. There are so few stories that I've been involved had the had the pleasure of telling that actually, um, I'm really trying to deal with those questions even in an oblique way and I don't because I don't believe all stories have to be just very obviously political in their nature um but some some stuff you just think this is, this is rubbish <laughs> this doesn't reflect <laughs> any how anyone lives or um uh it, 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 it or even in like the form that it's told um isn't isn't 
posing any questions mm. um, or isn't 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 helping us uh, experience life more deeply or fully or whatever whatever it's whatever whatever the point of it is um uh yeah so <laughs> it's sort of all of this say I'm not really sure where I was going but <laughs> Uh, do you the, know what the, you mean though in the, in the sense that like you, you have writers now who have been on like amazing series or like productions and they're so detached from like any kind of reality that most people like have day to day that the stories that they're trying to tell about the kind of their everyday experience are completely like off the beat mm. so your average consumer going in like watching it you're like what on earth Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, the same yeah. as like I don't know maybe an older millennial or boomer trying to write about Gen Z culture mm. and it's yeah. often the same people telling the same stories yeah, yeah. And, and and the stories are told there's n- the stories um, are told in the same way as well I suppose it's not content but also like the, f- the form of them like uh, I don't know um, and, and uh, there's a real there's a real um conservatism in terms of how we tell stories and I'm and I'm part of that and I'm aware of that and I'm aware that um particularly as an actor like I spend so much time waiting around trying to find work or or um hoping to come across work that um they'll (laughs) let me be a part of um and I wonder yeah, it can sort of get quite existential, I suppose. So it's quite interesting that this um, uh, premise of whilst being in the middle of work, the world starts to end, um, as as you guys are uh, suggesting. I do think that there might be people who will find comfort in your work, whether it's about you or that it's a, you're in a show that they like or a film that they like. And it's not implausible to think there'll be people who would choose to watch something mm. at the end of the world to mm-hmm. it, because you find comfort in 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 art, right? Like the basic mm-hmm. bitch comment, but like that's what it's for, mm. right? And yeah, so forget that. yeah, 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 that's true. So it might be that in that moment, Margaret in the audience, as mm-hmm. you said, is is thinking, well, I can't walk very fast. Where am I going to get to in forty five minutes? I love Hamlet. I feel calmed by it or or I feel whatever it might be the, the emotions that it might bring out and so that you performing it you might not feel like you're doing a lot and maybe it's not doing I mean how can you compare what is a lot versus what's a little when it comes to somebody's how somebody feels but you might be providing someone with a comfort that you didn't even realize so, so maybe we should have just carried on doing the show I think that's what we're getting at, yeah. I did. I did also find myself d- during that same lockdown when I was sort of questioning, like, well, what is the point? Mm. Uh, finding myself consuming, watching a shit ton of um, telly and film, mm. and finding real solace in having other people suddenly were in my living room, and I could, you know, see other stories and be other places and hear about other people's um sadnesses and happinesses so yeah I mean actually I can quite easily talk myself around and be like no of course it has it does have value but I just suppose that I um yeah maybe it just sort of underlined the pandemic um uh an unspoken frustration that maybe many 
arts workers have as the way that work is is made but i don't know if having come out of the pandemic we've yet really dealt with that and i know that just during the pandemic people were saying well i'm really worried that the work that's going to come out is going to be more and more conservative and um, less and less risk-taking um right because then you know our fine old friend money comes back into question and people um start making equate like making up equations about getting bums on seats and um having to have you know um uh dude law in anything love him but like <laughs> <laughs> you know you were talking earlier about um sort of this this feeling of inability to to take risks when it comes to kind of making art at the moment or maybe that's been there for a long time but it kind of got exacerbated by the pandemic did you did you feel any different when you were on the other side of the camera so when you kind of directing and writing the the short and did you feel like that gave you more space to kind of do the things that maybe you're not gonna be able to do in other people's work I found like a weird thing of um some of his responses to I mean the text isn't that radical like the film isn't a really there are radical pieces of filmmaking and I don't don't really think our film is I'm really happy with it and I'm proud of it but there were things in the film that I didn't know sometimes were being pushed against whether it's because it didn't fit a more conventional way of telling stories or whether it's just because it wasn't very good (laughs) and the two I think can sometimes be hard to extract um because we do relate sort of convention with goodness or correctness or the way of doing things um so sometimes it was hard to sort of keep an eye on listening to stuff because you're like oh is that is that just because you've not seen anything like this before and therefore maybe it's quite interesting or is that actually boring or 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 confusing or so that was quite an interesting Mm. thing um and I suppose I I enjoyed the freedom because of, you know, my, I don't think of myself primarily as a writer, director. I think of myself as an actor, or whatever that means. Um, so therefore, making this short film, there was a freedom in like, I don't really know if it's <laughs> if it's going to be good. And I don't even know if I need it to be good in the same way, because it weirdly, even though it's my first time doing that, I didn't feel that I was doing it so much to prove and I think that's quite that was also something that's trying to muddle through with the film that it was it was as much questions about um what's going on in my very small world um uh and also questions that um uh well actually see the even smaller world of like uh, of, of sort of my my personal life um my the little world being the sort of little life that I experienced being in Western Europe um uh living in a capital city um and doing the job that I do um yeah and then with the even tinier life of just sort of like day-to-day um living as Alex in my head um <laughs> uh but it was a real pleasure to sort of like I mean, it's great. I could really recommend it as like a, as a, as sort of like a, as a therapy um, uh, exercise, making a short film about um, and being able to see two brilliant actors like play out both sides really of a dialogue within yourself, I suppose. Um, what a ridiculous thing to say, but um, 
there was yeah something very interesting about um that that process um and having and make it with people that were mostly of a similar age to us as well which was quite interesting because it seemed like we all had something to say on on the matter we need you to summarize your last 45 minutes on earth in 30 seconds with Jamie's very high tech timer. Okay. Phone. I can let you know when you've got 10 seconds left. We can just show you the. Yeah. Just tell me when it's going. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. This is Alex Lawther's final 45 minutes on earth. Go. Uh, so I'm on stage uh, doing to be a lot in Hamlet and then everyone's phone starts going off. Um, the stage manager comes out and says, Alex, come over here. Something terrible has happened. So I go and speak to her and she says the world is going to end and she shows me the message on her phone. So I leave. I grab the cast. I tell them to leave the theatre. Let's go out into the streets in New York. So we go out to the streets in New York and everyone's sort of just doing their own thing. But I try and find a bit of solace and a bit of, I see a stranger and I ask them, do you want to come up with me to like a tall building somewhere and we see the end of the world together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was good. That was, phenomenal. That was really, well really good. Yeah. <laughs> Stories are always much better if they're shorter, aren't they? Hey, we didn't need a third second. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, loves. <laughs> thank you for listening to me. Um, I'll see you soon. Have you ever read Hamlet? <laughs> Can't believe you're outing me on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's because I was thinking about. Shakespeare we did at school and I don't remember if we did Hamlet okay so you didn't do it either I don't think so I don't think so no we did Macbeth 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 <laughs> but like if I don't say it like that I'm gonna say it wrong Macbeth Macbeth mm. and I, we did King Lear which I would not recommend that's mm. a horrible play mm. I don't remember doing Hamlet though no I definitely didn't would no. you want to watch that at the end of the world I think it's a bit depressing from the sounds, I obviously haven't read it, so I don't really know. But <laughs> you actually know nothing. I don't know anything. There's about a it. musical number at the end that you missed. <laughs> it's actually really uplifting. No, I think, I think, I think we go for a musical of some kind. Hundred percent. You're big into musicals. <laughs> what musical would you listen to at the end of the world? This is, I, mm. yes, yeah, hard one. Mm. I was going to say Billy Elliot, but you might get a bit further <laughs> by that. Moving on. Um, I can think of like musical numbers that I want to be yeah. in, but like think of a musical where it's banger after banger. It's Go gotta be on. yeah, hairspray. Hairspray. One. One. Or two, I'm a Mia. Mia. You just gotta yeah. go to the classics. Yeah, because any point that the world could end in there, you've left on a banger. Yeah. Like there's some points in Wicked. Yeah, but overall, uh, it's quite a tragic story. Oh, yeah, but also there's some songs where you're like, I could do without this one. Exactly. Yeah, Define Gravity. Ending on that, like, really yes. long note. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of divine gravity. <laughs> Speaking of wow. <laughs> you can like, subscribe, subscribe follow. <laughs> we you can go to our Instagram. If the world was ending, underscore podcast, or our email. If the world was ending, podcast, that's one word, at gmail.com. We'll see you there. See you. If the world was ending, You'd come over, right? Right?